the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to Living on the Rock Radio with Pastor Israel Labson. Here you will hear teaching that will challenge you to a deeper walk with Jesus. Whatever place you are in your understanding of God's plan for your life, you will grow closer by listening. No shame, no guilt, and no condemnation. But you will be challenged to a closer walk with God. Now, here's Pastor Israel with today's teaching. Jesus said, But when He, the Spirit of truth, comes, He will guide you into all the truth. He will not speak on His own. He will speak only what He hears, and He will tell you of what is yet to come. The ministry of the Holy Spirit is limited, okay, to, to us understanding how to live our lives in between the resurrection and His return. Now, the Holy Spirit will do a great deal of things in our lives. He, he, will, he will bestow gifts. He will bestow, uh, you know, words of knowledge and all of these things that we're familiar with that the Holy Spirit dispensed. But make no mistake about it, He has one ministry, and that is to lead all of us into all truth so that we can make it. On that day when Jesus returns, or before, if, if, if we die, we'll go to Jesus before he returns. That's the ministry of the Holy Spirit. So the question this morning is, how do we know that the Holy Spirit is indeed with us and is abiding in us? How do we know that we are empowered by the Holy Spirit to live in between the times? There are four signs that Jesus himself said that the Holy Spirit will accomplish in us. In order for us to live in between the times, okay? There are four things, four signs from Jesus himself. First of all, the Holy Spirit will help us to live wisely. That's one of the f- marks of a disciple. We live a life of wisdom. Read verses 15 to 16 again. Jesus says, if you love me, keep my commands. In other words, obey my commands. I will ask the Father and he will give you another advocate to help you and be with you forever, the spirit of truth. The preoccupation of the Christian life is to make sure that we know the commands of Jesus and that we obey them. No amount of shenanigans or no amount of all kinds of strategies and methodologies can replace that ministry of the Holy Spirit. Our first priority is to understand what Jesus said and obey his commands. And we know that the Holy Spirit is in us and living in us when we have that desire to follow what Jesus taught, what Jesus commanded and what Jesus says. Jesus said the Holy Spirit gives us the wisdom to live out the truth that Jesus taught. 
us to live out his commands. Listen, loved ones, obedience to God's word is the wisest thing we could ever do in this life. Wisdom is living according to the truth that Jesus taught. Pastor, I know that already. Not another sermon on obeying Jesus. Pastor, I've heard that all my life. Many, many times. But it needs to be taught and it's, we need to ask ourselves the question. I asked our uh, discipleship class yesterday. You know, I asked them what's the first thing that, 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 you know, that comes to their minds when they wake up in the morning. And I always ask people that question. <laughs> I love asking it. And I said to them, if you wake up every morning and the first thing that comes to your mind is, how can I serve Jesus? Then congratulations. We're going to change your name to hallelujah. You, can, you have my permission. Change your name to hallelujah. But let me tell you something. When I wake up every morning, I moan and groan about the traffic that's facing me for the day. I'm, I'm, I'm moaning and groaning about my boss, the job that I have to do, all the cares of life. Why? Because, you know, I, I realize well, I still live in a fallen world. And, I, you know, and unfortunately, I, I mean, I love Jesus, so do you. But, but loved ones, the fact of the matter is we're confronted by the, the, re, the realities of life day in and day out. And we need to be wise about how we even begin our day. And we begin our day recognizing the realities of the challenges that we have to face. But we also know that the Holy Spirit will help us overcome those things. The rest of us, if you're like me, I face those same challenges and we face all those same temptations, trials, and everything. But part of living in between the times is recognizing that the Holy Spirit has been sent by Jesus so that we'll make it, so that we have the help that we need in order to live that life according to the, the commands of Jesus. This is something we cannot do on our own. We need a direct influence of the Holy Spirit in our life. And the Holy Spirit gives us the wisdom to obey the words of Christ in our daily circumstances. The Holy Spirit teaches us to trust in the words of Christ, even though sometimes we struggle, you know, not only obeying it, but sometimes understanding it. So the first thing that comes to mind when we face challenges and trials and all of these things in life is to pray and not to panic. And I know you've heard that before. But I'd like to encourage each and every one of us to learn how to develop that instinct for prayer. Okay, the Holy Spirit gives us that instinct. If you're a Christian, how many of you pray instinctively? All of us should raise our hands because we're Christian. I pray instinctively. You know, I, I, I don't have to wait until, you know, the, the evidence of the problem's there. I, I instinctively, I, I need to pray for this. You know, I'm, I'm kind of dealing with, with this issue. I need to pray for this. Instinctive praying is a product of our love for Christ, not of fear. If you love Jesus, you instinctively pray. Wisdom is proactive obedience to Jesus and his commands. That's what wisdom is. 
We proactively obey. We don't wait until something happens before we start looking at what, what Jesus has to say about these things. And I can illustrate this by illustrating, illustrating the difference between my wife and I, you know. My wife has a practical wisdom. She has practical wisdom, but me, I have experiential wisdom. My wife, she's pra- she has practical wisdom. In other words, when we're going someplace that we've never been before, what she does is that she figures out where we're going. That's practical wisdom. Me, I rely on her experience. That's the difference between the two of us. I'm a man. I don't read directions. Hey, if you give me something to assemble, like a furniture to assemble, the first thing my wife will do is that she will read the instructions. What will I do? I rely on what she read. You get the picture. Okay? Wisdom is something that God has given us in order for us to make it. To get things done. To get things moving towards that anticipation of the coming of our glorious Savior. You know, Jesus rose from the dead. And he rose from the dead and he showed himself to those who followed him and believed in him. And that was a glorious time in their lives. Can you imagine how glorious it will be to see Jesus face to face now? The person that have provided for us everything that we need so we can live this life that he promised that we can live in between the times. This must be true with all disciples, all true disciples of Jesus. There's, a, there, there's that, that instinctiveness in prayer. There's that... that um, that desire to follow the word of the Lord, there's that wisdom that comes from God. Now, secondly, um, and this will probably make you cringe a little bit, okay? This is consistent with true believers in every generation. And that is, if we live in between the times, if we decide to allow the Holy Spirit to live us in between the times, the second thing that will happen is that we will be loathed by the world. Webster defines the word load as an intense dislike. Loved ones, this is not something that, that, that we, you know, that we want to happen. This is not something that we desire for us to happen. We don't invite the displeasure of the world. But it just comes from living in between the times. Look at verses 17 to 20 again, all the way to 22. Look at the world's reaction towards the Holy Spirit. Verses 20 to 22, by the way. The world cannot accept Him. Who? The Holy Spirit. Because it neither sees Him nor knows Him. But you know Him. For He lives with you and will be in you. There's the warning in there. If you're a follower of Jesus, loved ones, please hear me on this. Do not expect the world to love you. In fact, expect the opposite. All right? Expect the opposite. But let's, let's continue reading. Jesus says, But you know him, the Holy Spirit, for he lives with you and will be in you. I will not leave you as orphans. Why did you think Jesus said that? It's because he anticipated that when his followers, when he leaves, all of us who remain, right, will encounter a great deal of dislike from the world. 
sometimes downright hatred. Okay? But he said, because I live, you will live also. On that day, you will realize that I am in my Father and you are in me and I am in you. Whoever has my commands, now listen to this verse uh, 21, whoever has my commands and keeps them is the one who loves me. So that's the definition of loving Jesus. We obey his commands. The one who loves me will be loved by my Father and I too will love them and show myself to them. Now look at verse 22. Then Judas, not Judas Iscariot again, said, But Lord, why do you intend to show yourself to us and not to the world? Didn't Jesus just answer that question? Sometimes, I, I'm, I'm, sometimes I, I, I read about the, the disciples of Jesus, the early disciples, and they, they're pretty dense. You know? I mean, they just, they just they didn't get it. They, they, they don't get what Jesus was saying. Didn't, just, didn't Jesus just said, the world cannot accept him because they don't see him or knows him? Of course, Jesus answered, the Holy Spirit will testify to my presence even though you don't see me physically. The Holy Spirit will testify to my presence. Don't expect the world to be satisfied with that promise because only you who truly obey my command, only you who truly understand what it means to follow me, will be led by my Holy Spirit and He will help you and give you the revelation so that you can truly follow and believe in me. The Holy Spirit has been given only to believers. The Spirit has no business with unbelievers. Unbelievers don't become Christians because the Holy Spirit dealt with them. The Spirit was not promised to unbelievers. The Holy Spirit was promised only to believers. The only thing that the Holy Spirit will do to un the unbelieving world is to convict it of sin and judgment. That's the only thing. Christians have to deal with unbelievers. That's our job. We need to deal with those who do not believe. And the Holy Spirit helps us in that process. It's the Holy Spirit who causes us to pray for unbelievers. Amen? Are you praying for people that you want God to save? The Holy Spirit will not have any business with those people unless we pray for them. I mean, that, that, that's a staggering reality. And sometimes we miss that. Sometimes we think, oh, no, the Holy Spirit will just, will just convict a person. No, the world hates God. That's a, that's, that, that much is laid out in scriptures. The Holy Spirit has been given to believers so that we can live out the life that Jesus said we ought to live out. And in the process, people will see that and people will either hate God even more or they will be convicted by the work of the Spirit in the unbelieving world. So it's an important thing to, to recognize that. It's our job to present the gospel to the people and the Spirit will help us. He will help us in so many ways. But the greatest testimony that we have the Spirit's help is that we're living out this life that Jesus has given us. 
Well, wait just a minute, Pastor. I got saved because the Holy Spirit moved me. I heard people say that. No, the Holy Spirit will not have anything to do with a person unless that person comes to faith in Jesus. And the only reason why you were moved by the Holy Spirit is you have been prayed for by somebody or you have heard the gospel and you decided to respond. When you decide to respond, the Holy Spirit begins to do the work of conviction. And the Holy Spirit has been given to us, to those who believe, so that we can, in fact, pray that people will get saved. In fact, people will be moved. The Holy Spirit has been given to us so that we can actually live out the gospel and then present the gospel with our words to them. But, but sometimes we just say, oh, the Holy Spirit's going to do that, that job. No, no, no. It's our responsibility to not only pray for those who are unbelievers. And, and this is a direct commandment by Jesus. Jesus says, pray for your loved ones. Pray for your name. No, 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 no. Pray for your enemies. Jesus said that. Oh, I know what you're thinking. My enemy, oh, no, no. That's not going to happen. How can you pray for your enemy unless the Holy Spirit is in you and with you, right? Is it an easy thing to do? Pray for your enemy? I'm looking at some of you and you're saying, I don't want to hear this one. Well, it's not easy. And Jesus knows it's not easy because the, the world hates. Jesus says, don't, don't marvel. He's not talking about a, some superhero movie. Don't marvel that the world hates you. Remember, it hated me first. If you don't think that the Holy Spirit's ministry today is, in, is not that important, if you think that he's just a figment of our, some spiritual imagination that we have, think again. He's going to use God's people to present the gospel. Pure and simple. We need to deal with the unbelieving world. We need to deal with them. At every opportunity, we need to present to them the gospel. Not just with words. Not just, you know, pulling out this big old poster saying, repent or you go to hell. Not just doing that, but actually living out the gospel in our lives as much as we can. I'm not saying, you know, we're like, a, you know, we're going to be perfect in every way. That's not the point of all of these things. The point is that we submit ourselves to the leading of the Spirit so that we can present the gospel truthfully to people. That's why Jesus needs to... Fill us with His Spirit. That's why you and I need to be baptized with the Holy Spirit. The Apostle Paul saw a vision of Jesus before receiving the Holy Spirit. The apostles went to Samaria, and the first question they asked the Samaritans is that, have you received the Spirit since you believed? This is something that we need to present to people. This is something that we need for ourselves to experience. Have you received the Spirit since you believed? Well, wait a minute, Pastor. I thought the Holy Spirit is given to me the day of my salvation. Yes, He indwells us, but it doesn't mean He, he has empowered us. I know this for my own self. You know, I've been a Christian since I was 16 years old, but, but you know, I just keep ignoring the, the fact that there's power. In the baptism of the Holy Spirit. You know, we keep, we keep saying, you know, I don't need that. I, yes, you do. 
I do. We need to be empowered. Jesus says you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. That's his business. And his business is to empower the people of God. You and I got saved because we believed in the word of Christ. Either by reading the Bible or hearing someone preach to you and I the gospel. Now the world doesn't know the Holy Spirit. The only way people who, have, who, who are non-believers will ever be saved is if they hear the word and place their faith on the word of Christ. That's how it's done. And how can they believe unless they hear the gospel? How can they see what a Christian is unless we learn how to obey the word of Christ and live our lives in a way that, that is filled by the Holy Spirit? Jesus called us to be witnesses. That's in Acts chapter 1 verses 1 to 10. Jesus says, you will be my witnesses. What does that mean to be a witness? Exactly that. That they can see our lives being given to the obedience to the word of Christ. You know, we often tone down or water down the presentation of the gospel to people because we're afraid that they won't like us anymore if we tell them that we are a, you know, a follower of Jesus and all of that. Heard all of that before. We're afraid that the world won't like us. You think about that for a moment. Sometimes we don't, tell, we don't present the gospel to people. We don't, sh we don't share our faith. We don't witness for the Lord Jesus because we're afraid that they might not like us anymore. Listen to me. The unbelieving world already has a built-in dislike for the Spirit of God. But to be the light of the world... Or the salt of the earth, we need to be able to project our lives as different from the world. And that the message of the gospel, the message of the word of Christ is still relevant today as it was in those early days of the church. As one preacher puts it, we are the salt of the earth, not the sugar of the earth. I like that. Where is that hatred or dislike coming from? If we are living by the Spirit, people will know that right away because they will see the difference. We do not approve of a lot of things that the world approves of. And that alone will cause not just dislike but downright hatred. We don't support any kind of lifestyle inconsistent with the Word of God. And that alone will incur a lot of hatred. We do not participate in things that are, that are mocking or blaspheming the name of the Lord. And that alone will incur hatred. You don't have to work hard to be disliked by non-believers. You just need to live out the life that Jesus has called you and I to live. Our job is not to love the world. Because by default, the world rejects God's spirit. Jesus himself said that the world will not know him. The world will not like him. But you and I, who came to faith in Jesus, we know the work of the spirit. We know his actions. We know the will of Christ because the Holy Spirit reveals them to us through the word. And the word, when it infiltrates our very being, will cause us to obey the word of Christ. Now, our job, thirdly, is not to love the world, 
But thirdly, it is our responsibility to love the Word. So as much as we do not love the world, we need to channel that love for the world to love of Love for the word of Christ. Look at verses 23 to 24. Jesus replied, Anyone who loves me will obey my teachings. My Father will love them and will come to them and make our home with them. Anyone who does not love me will not obey my teachings. These words you hear are not my own. They belong to the Father who sent me. Uh, sent me. Love for the word of, word of Christ is the work of the Holy Spirit in those who believe. That's how we know we are led by God's Spirit. And that characterizes us as people who are living in between the times. We have a desire to know the Word of Christ. Again, Jesus sent the Holy Spirit to lead us to the Word. To love for God is, is not a feeling, okay? Love for God is shown through faith in the Word of Christ and obedience to it. Let me say that again. You know, love for God is not a feeling. Don't wait for any kind of feeling to, to happen in your life before you say, oh, I, now I feel like I love God. No, it, it doesn't work that way. Love for God is shown in our obedience to the Word of Christ so that when we learn, when the Holy Spirit compels us to look at the Scriptures and compels us to apply the truth that we learn from the Scriptures, that constitute loving God. You've been listening to Living on the Rock Radio with Pastor Israel Labson, a ministry of Living Rock Christian Church in Sunnyvale, California. If you have been helped by this radio program and would like to keep it on the air, your continued prayerful and financial support is greatly appreciated. Please visit livingontherockradio.com where all your tax-deductible gifts will go directly to the radio ministry. That's livingontherockradio.com. Living Rock is a church that doesn't care how you are dressed or what candidate you voted for. A church made up of imperfect people from all walks of life with a hunger and thirst to understand God's plan for our lives. No matter what you've been through or what questions you may have about God and faith, you will find love, grace, and hope at Living Rock Christian Church, 675 East Taylor Avenue in Sunnyvale, with Sunday worship starting at 1030 a.m. More information at livingontherockradio.com. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. And I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.